Welcome back, listeners, to Couples Corner, uh, where a boy and a girl talk about stuff and things from our different perspectives. So, Grace, um, what do you know about currents and ocean gyres? Oof. I know that currents in the ocean move in opposite directions. They don't all just go one way. And I know that they go in opposite directions and in the in the different types of oceans but that other yeah you you're, you're pretty onto it there um so uh they do move in the same directions but it depends on the the hemisphere they're in so um ah. the uh the northern hemisphere has gyres that move um clockwise and then the southern hemisphere has gyres that move uh counterclockwise do you know why that is uh, no, I don't. Enlighten, please. <laughs> well, that is due to the uh, Coriolis effect or Coriolis deflection. Ooh. Yes. Um, you probably didn't know this, but um, the Earth obviously is rotating, and that's the Coriolis effect there. But um, at the equator, the Coriolis effect has less of an effect. Um, because the earth is spinning slower there and then at the poles the earth is spinning faster so it feels a bit mind-boggling i'm just gonna say it is a little mind-boggling there's the trade winds and there's the westerly winds the trade winds um are blowing uh in the southern hemisphere up and to the left ish um and the trade winds in the northern hemisphere are blowing down into the left-ish. And um, so I don't know if you can imagine that. If you're like looking at Earth with the equator, the winds from the bottom, like in the southern hemisphere, are moving uh, up and barely to the left. And so okay. those winds um, are causing Coriolis deflection, which means the water is actually being pushed away at a 45-degree uh, angle. Um, to the left in the southern hemisphere. In the northern hemisphere, the wind's blowing down and uh, to the left-ish, right, at like a 45-degree angle. And so the water is being blown at a 45-degree angle to the right. Um, and then at the top in the northern hemisphere, there's the westerly winds, which are blowing um, up and to the right. So this is kind of causing like a circular motion, and that's kind of what causes the the gyre to form there in, in that mm-hmm. circular motion. Um, do you know how many gyres there are? 610. There's <laughs> a lot of gyres, but there is some main gyres. Um, Four main gyres. <laughs> close. There's five major gyres. Oh. There is uh, the North and South Atlantic gyre, the North and South uh, Pacific gyres, and the Indian Ocean gyre. And those are like the five main uh-huh. gyres. Um, is there a spot where where the the surface winds from the southern hemisphere and the surface winds from the northern hemisphere meet? Since they're are they going the same direction? They are going the same direction. Um, actually, they are uh, they are equatorial currents um, that flow east uh-huh. east to west. Um, okay. And if there were no continents, they would actually travel all the way around the world. 
but because there's sense. continents, the continents force um, that Coriolis deflection that kind of forced them to go up and around in those kind of circular motions. That and along with the um, just general Coriolis effect of the winds. Okay, thank you. The main uh, spot in one of these jars that I wanted to talk about was the uh, the Gulf Stream. Do you know anything about the Gulf Stream? The Gulf Stream is is it in the Gulf of Mexico? Um, y yes, or general. Is it like in between America, North America, and South America? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd say it, it's it's mostly. Well, I guess it, it's only in the northern hemisphere, and it's in between um, Europe and America. And so the ah. Gulf Stream is the uh, the most western side or the left side of the gyre. It is a current that is affected by the winds and all of those things that shoots up from the Gulf of Mexico up the east coast and around all the way to Europe. Um and a cool fact about the Gulf Stream is it actually heats uh, Europe's waters uh, about nine degrees higher than it normally would, and it actually helps their um, their ports from freezing in the winter. Oh, yes, that's pretty cool. Do you know who the first person was to map the Gulf Stream? Uh, Take a wild. I guess. hope not, Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Benjamin Franklin in the 18th century benjamin i thought he only did the light bulb good for him <laughs> yeah man he's mapping the gulf stream um he's weatherly oh yes the gulf stream actually has some interesting facts about it it is the Tell fastest me. current in the world um it Not averages fast. about six kilometers an hour or uh at its highest nine kilometers an hour um, What's that in miles? That is such an excellent question. I have no clue. Well, a 5K is 3 mile, 3.1 miles. So, like, anywhere from, like, 4 miles to almost 10 miles per hour. Dang. Quick math. Seem quick math. <laughs> <laughs> um. It also transports more than a hundred times more water than all the rivers on the planet combined. Well, yeah, and the Gulf Stream is important, and the reason it heats um, Europe so much is because at the equator, obviously, it gets more sun. That's why all of those tropical places are near the equator, and so that mm -hmm. hot water is being moved up the gyre across that east coast. That's why, like Florida, has really nice warm waters and whatnot. And that water um, gets pushed all the way to Europe, and that's why it warms it at nine degrees. Does it like it misses the most of the East Coast though? Like, does it just go around Florida and then kind of go diagonal towards like um, Spain? Well, you're asking me complicated questions. Okay, <laughs> I guess I could just look at a picture. <laughs> no, it's um. It's a little more complicated than that. So the um, the Gulf Stream is affected by the gyre there, but it's also affected by the um, the ocean conveyor belt. Mm. So this ocean conveyor belt is a current that's underwater that basically connects the entire planet to like this one current. 
and um, so the Gulf Stream is a part of this current in the conveyor belt. It doesn't actually go up the coast, the east coast. It kind of goes up the Florida coast there, and then it cuts straight across the ocean over to Europe, and then goes up and to the left counterclockwise and back down. But this is all underwater. Yeah, it's tough. I, I like accidentally discovered that when I was... Um, the textbook that I was reading doesn't really talk about that. The textbook says... It talks about the um, the gyres. And then the next chapter is the Gulf Stream, right? And it starts talking about the Gulf Stream. And I was like, you know what? I'm really interested by the Gulf Stream. I'm going to look this up. So when I looked it up, I discovered the um, ocean conveyor belt, which isn't even talked about in the, in the textbook. Um, okay, so there's another cool thing. Um, there's a thing called the Ekman Spiral, which is basically when the wind blows and the water is pushed away at that 45 degree angle on the surface, the water that's below that surface water, it's like the next layer of water, I guess if you imagine it like that, is then uh, also deflected in a 45 degree angle. And the next layer of water under that is also de uh, deflected in a 45 degree angle. So if you could imagine it, like looking from the top, it starts becoming this spiral. And the Ekman spiral will travel about 100 meters deep before it just kind of has no effect anymore or no movement. And this is happening all the time. And what it does is it um, draws or it pushes water um, due to, or I guess it's called uh, Ekman transport. And all this water that is kind of spiraling moves towards the center of the gyre, actually creating a hill in the middle of this gyre. Um, and so due to gravity and the uh, Coriolis effect, the water will actually start to like fall downhill. Um, you know, downhill, it's not really a hill, but you know, slightly. Um, and the Coriolis effect will start to push it counterclockwise or clockwise, depending which hemisphere you're in. And that'll also contribute to the movement of the gyre. Well, I would like to see an image of this. <laughs> um, Drawing, perhaps. Is, it, is that occurring at, like, all parts of the ocean? I believe so. That's what they make it seem like in the, uh, in the textbook. The current, uh, or the water falling downhill, is called um, geostrophic, ge geostrophic flow, um, which is uh, a circular current created from the balance between gravity and Ekman-driven flow. So it's basically that that Ekman transport that Ekman transported water that's in that um, hill begins to like fall and then. The Coriolis effect pushes it around in that in that circle around the gyre, um, but no, it doesn't have any like big picture kind of things. It's just kind of like this theory that you kind of just imagine. I think I had the same question, like, what is this like? I also had, I'm not sure about the um, Ek Ekman spirals in general. Like, yeah, the way they show it in the textbook is it's just like this spiral, um, and it just like spirals down for a hundred meters. Just happening. <laughs> What? There's not there's not little tornadoes happening in the water at all times. But maybe maybe they're just like really grand scale. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're just like really huge and we can't quite like fathom them. Tell me more. The... Okay, okay, let me tell you about uh, western intensification, dude. Um the Gulf Stream 
travels really fast, right? And this is due to Western intensification. And Western uh, intensification really means that the um, water or the, the current is more condensed on the Western side or the left side of the gyre than it is on the right side of the gyre. And this is due to uh, the Coriolis effect as well. Um, the gravity is being pulled towards the equator. And so as the water is being deflected up and to the right or to the left, depending on the hemisphere, and it starts going around this gyre, as it starts coming over to the east side of the gyre, it's wanting to be pulled down to the equator due to the Coriolis effect and the spinning and the intensification of the gravity. And so the current becomes much wider in an attempt to like get to the equator faster. And so this like slows it down and brings it back to the equator where then the trade winds blow it, you know, um, equilaterally to the equator and then it moves back up and repeats the process. I can't believe that all of this is happening in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, right. It's pretty crazy. I think I'm pretty, isn't like the ocean like more undiscovered than even like space? Mm, it that's is. How it calls, it's... But like... Well, yeah, space is infinite, but, um, no, we, I, no, I think what the statistic is, is we have more of the sky, like more constellations, like discovered or whatever than, than the ocean. Yeah. Seems like there's some creepy crawlies down there that don't mind all of these <laughs> spirals and. Yeah, it's interesting. So, do you know any problems going on with the ocean right now? I know that there's acidification and there's lots of plastic and trash. And, oh, there's a thing in the middle of some ocean called, like, the Island of Plastic or something like that. Yeah, the, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Yes, I, I almost did a presentation on that in one of my communications classes. It's crazy. Yeah. You can literally stand on it. Well, yeah, no, you could stand on it. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty intense. Uh, and that is one of the biggest problems that our ocean is facing right now. It's actually um, due to climate change and all that. There's a lot affecting everything. So, the uh, the plastic is a big thing, and the plastic is um, acidifying the ocean and killing mm -hmm. livestock and, or, you know, not really. I mean, yeah, I guess it's killing livestock, but also just killing the population of fish in, in the ocean. And yeah. uh, on top of that, climate change is warming the water, which is actually slowing down um, some currents, like the um, the conveyor belt. Hi, Rain. Do you want to say Hello. something for our podcast? Are you in a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the ocean is a pretty cool place. It sucks that we're ruining it with, uh, you know, the giant continent-sized trash. Yeah, we were just talking um, about the... Did you hear that part? <laughs> I didn't realize you joined. <laughs> I, all I heard was plastic in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were so, just talking about the uh, the great garbage patch. Yeah. Sad stuff, man. People are uh, destructive and disgusting, but... <laughs> True, but... uh. <laughs> It is it is widely recognized that we are absolutely destroying the uh, the ocean with plastic. There's actually been some cool things. I just did um, some research on it, and uh, this company created this little boat thing that basically buoys off some um, rivers, 
and then as trash from cities and whatnot is being or flowing down the river they'll get caught in the buoy and flow down the buoy until it gets into the boat mouth and then it'll organize it by the type of trash it is and then once the whole boat is full some people come pick it up and clean it up and it'll just con continue doing that and they've been like successful at cleaning up that entire like area of the ocean where the river would normally spew out a ton of trash wow yeah and they're trying to get one of those in every major river in the world well that's that's innovation that excites for sure <laughs> oh yeah thanks for listening um we talked about gyres and the gulf stream and how um the great ocean conveyor belt is contributing to the gulf streams transportation of hot water to europe and how trash is a real problem in the ocean and some ways that we're trying to improve that um so thanks catch you next time thanks thanks for teaching me about ocean currents oh yeah <laughs> kazow kazow all right